Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Down to Biscay. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard. Couple scars. Wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power has the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome into Five on the Floor Live. First time we're doing this this season. We will do this on selected road games as we go forward. We come to you after the Miami Heat. Beat the Charlotte Hornets when they're six straight games, sweep a four-game road trip, now coming home to play the Nets on Thursday, they win 111 to 105. We'll get to the particulars as we go forward. Today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. We got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. And Alex uh, Toledo, you can follow him at Tropical Blanket, serving the dual role of host and live producer tonight. So be patient with us. We will be putting this on the podcast feed afterwards, uh, like all the pods go. And again, we'll do more of these. As we go forward, before we mention again what happened tonight, we do want to mention you should check out our new Discord. It's called Off the Floor. It's going to be right here on the description on the podcast feed and also on the YouTube feed. So just look for the description. It's also at the top of Five Reasons Twitter. We are giving you content all day long. Literally, people are chatting 24-7 on there. Get off of Twitter. Check out our Discord. It is $2.99 per month, and we're going to be adding more features as we go forward. 111, 105 tonight. The player of the game is going to be pretty clear, so we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. It was Jimmy Butler, and we'll get into more specifics. Uh, 32 points, four rebounds, five assists. Bam Adebayo, a pedestrian night for him, 21 and 11 with four assists. Just commonplace, pretty close to his averages. And Duncan Robinson, 18 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Again, filling in as a starter. And 17 points for Jaime Hawkins off the bench in 33 minutes. The Charlotte Hornets led by P.J. Washington, 32 points, six rebounds. He couldn't miss a three early after he couldn't make a three the entire season. LaMelo Ball, 9 of 26 from the field. By the way, that actually raises LaMelo Ball's shooting percentage against the Heat all time. He's a career 32% shooter against the Heat. The worst he shoots against any team. Tonight he was 9 of 26. He did have 28 points, six rebounds, and 11 assists. But look, the Hornets were without six of their top nine players. This was a game that you had to get. Just general thoughts on the game here, and then we will get to our gamer of the night. Uh, Brady, your thoughts on closing out the four games uh, with wins, basically. And an in-game tournament win, although I'm not going to make too much of that because you guys know my feelings about that. Brady. Yeah, I mean, a six-game winning streak in itself is a pretty uh, – big accomplishment for this team that was coming into the season starts one and four all the conversations of them not being a regular season team without you know Jimmy going and doing his heroics and then here they are uh and 
the thing that we talked about that could possibly get them over the hump was depth. And that's what we're kind of seeing in these games and in games like this where just a massive stat line. Let's just start there. Like there was just some crazy stat lines. Like one guy that I'm not even sure we're going to talk about a ton, and you mentioned him before, Duncan Robinson with 18, 8, and 5. And it was like an under-the-radar type of game for him. Like when you're getting to the point where Duncan's dropping 18, 8, and 5, and you're like, well, he he was he was okay. Like he was good, I guess. Like he wasn't great. And he's giving you 18, 8, and 5. Like, yeah, you're sitting nicely uh, with that as your shooter. And then I know you said to talk about the game in, in, in general, but just the stuff you mentioned with LaMelo Ball, credit to Haywood Highsmith, man, because that was an incredible, probably one of the best defensive first halves I've seen in a long, long time. Just the things he was doing. Uh, he did a halftime uh, interview with on with Eric Reed and them, and he's like, I'm just tired, man. I'm like, this guy's been running baseline to baseline at a 2-2-1 press for like the last hour, chasing LaMelo Ball around, getting, what was it, four steals and two blocks at that point? Like the stuff that he's able to do, moving his feet wise, staying disciplined, uh, swiping at the right times. He's not a guy that's like, uh, like his field goal percentage defensively has to be insane because he's not getting a ton of fouls. Like he picks his spot so well to defend and when to put that arm up for a block. He's just so good in that range. Uh, and then not to talk about everything, but the last thing I'll say is Jaime Hawkes, man, just continues to be a guy that I feel like every one of these we do, we sit here and talk about the same exact things with him, but it's because he's doing the same exact things against every team, no matter what coverage they're throwing at him. It's just, under control, drives, pump fakes, spins, mismatch hunting, defensively staying in front of you. And then even when it's – we talk about the shooting kind of being the one thing that's not there. But every time he takes a big shot, he knocks it down. Like he's one of those, Ethan, should I say alpha guys that you love to call out? That's what it looks like to me. It looks like he's a type of alpha guy. So I just thought it was a, a lot of great individual performances. But still, moving on to six-game winning streak all coming with Haywood Highsmith in the starting lineup when they made that adjustment. All right, Alex, we're going to talk now about the gamer of the night. I'm going to bring you on right after this. And now on five on the floor, it's time for the gamer of the night sponsored by rock Esports center, the place to eat, drink and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them located at 15305 South Dixie highway in Palmetto Bay. They've got a 5,500 square foot state of the art center equipped with all the high end power play all day passes available for just 25 bucks. But if you mention five reasons, it's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the gamer of the night. All right, Alex. Uh, 32 points, four rebounds, five assists. Under total control, had the crazy shot at the end of the half. Um, at 16 in the first half, 16 in the second half. Got to the line a lot tonight. Jimmy Butler was under control, but yet focused. Like, I, I felt like he didn't force anything, but he did the kind of things we saw him do last season. And I will say, it's the first time I've seen him do it through an entire game. I, I thought the Laker game, there were pockets of it. Um, he had 28 in that game. But it's like this game, he was like, all right, I'm going to control this thing, particularly as the Hornets were making a bunch of crazy threes in the first half. Yep. I mean, I think this is the best game Jimmy's had all season. And I think he's kind of picked it up as the games have gone on, as they picked up these wins, which, by the way, six wins in a row for this team, man, after a one and four start. And like those losses that they had in the one and four start were on the road. He had questions about how they were going to handle this road trip going nine of 10 on the road. They haven't lost on the road in the I mean, in the in the road trip, like it's 
incredible. We were starting to feel like, you know, when the season started off that way, that it was an extension of last season, you know, just kind of disappointing start. It was going to be a struggle to hang around 500. And all of a sudden, like, are, they're they're seven and four, right? Like, it's just, I don't think that's, this is what we saw coming, especially when you had, like, Tyler going out. You had um, early on Tyler, I mean, Jimmy and Bam each missing a game. Jimmy wasn't looking like himself. Things have just turned around so quickly here. Um, Jimmy is playing like himself again. And I, I don't know what it is. Does he just like the tournament format? Does he just need like need the the stakes to really feel competitive and tap into that competitive nature of his? Uh, like five hundred thousand might might not be a lot for him, but I think it's enough to get him going. We've seen him, you know, compete with strangers when it comes to dominoes and uh, tennis and just in in general. The guy loves to compete, and he's out there, man, doing his thing. It was it was a masterful game from him on both ends, like you said, controlling the pace on offense. And on defense, doing what he does, man, just being a pest on there and doing and being extremely active off ball. I think that's one of the, the indicators of, of Jimmy's effort is when he's doing those things on defense and kind of jumping for passes and doing all of that. Um, you know, great game from him. And uh, shout out to Duncan Robinson again, man, like what Brady was talking about. Like he, he didn't have a great game. And then you look at the stat line and he's just giving you this production that you would have never thought he'd be able to give you like years ago when he was just looking for the shooting and, you know, the occasional like bounce pass to bam. There's just so much more to his game now as he's developed. And it's insane. It's insane what they, what they've been able to do with him. All right. I want to get through a couple of other numbers here and, and uh, let's go back and forth on this stuff and let's just get into significant or not significant. Okay. That's what we're going to do here before we get to our play of the game here. Kyle Lowry and Drew Smith played 18 minutes tonight. That's how much Eric Spolstra used his point guards. That's it. 18 minutes tonight. Accumulated six fouls between them. Kyle had three fouls in the first three minutes of the game. Collectively, they they took one shot. It was a wild shot from Kyle. So they were 0 of 1. 0 of 1 from 3. One combined rebound. Two combined assists. Brady, I think Heat fans are going to look at this and say, is this like, can you keep winning like this? Like if you're, if it's going to be one game that you get production from the point guard position and the next that you get, I mean, virtually you got nothing, zero, no points from your point guards tonight. Like we could talk about Josh Richardson, I guess, sort of played that position, I guess, because somebody has to be called the point guard and he played 33 minutes tonight. He was two of 10 from the floor, O of six from three. So if you combine them, they were, they were O of seven from three, two of 11 overall for six points is, can you, can you win that way against better teams than this significant, not significant? I I'll say it's significant that I think there's a show, like a showing that you can win without them because like mm. these games are significant to me that like their offense is their offense. And I think when you hear Spolstra talk about positionless, He's not being cliche about it. Like, he means it. Like, you're watching the way they could play, and when Bam gets the board and he runs down the floor and he's essentially playing point guard a lot of the time, or even Jaime dribbling the ball down the floor and getting them into their action. Uh, Josh, I don't think you want dribbling the ball more than three times because that that just seems to kind of get them out of their offense. But it's just like they have so many guys that can get them into it. Even Duncan was doing a lot of it. He had five assists. He was the one that was bringing the ball and kind of getting them into a lot of their actions at times. So they can find different ways to do it. The only time I say that they need the point guard was there was the point at the end of the fourth quarter where Josh like threw the insert pass to Bam. It gets stolen, goes the other direction. I'm like, okay, 
Now it's getting a little out of control. You need a point guard to settle things. They didn't even do that. <laughs> they just kept kind of going back to, to other different actions with Jimmy just kind of controlling and different things. So against better teams, I think that will be a bigger test. But they also will have another option as well other than Josh when Caleb returns. And I'm not saying Caleb is a under control point guard, but he is a ball handler that is much like Jaime, much like Jimmy, much like a lot of these guys that could just do enough to get them to their spots. I just, I continue to watch the way this offense plays. And it's just like, it's like they just react to the defense. Like that's pretty much their goal is like whatever they throw in. Okay. Bam is as the, or Jaime has the mismatch. We're going to go to him with Ish Smith on his back. Okay. Bam has kind of been in space a little bit. We're going to go to him. Once it starts getting to the point where it's more, a lot more pick and rolls and more point guard play, it just never really works out for them. It's almost better off when they do this stuff. So yes, they're going to need the, the once every four game Kyle game, like they got, you know, a couple nights ago, but they can survive without them. And I think that's a good sign when you only have one point guard on the roster. Right, Alex, I'll go to you with this one. Uh, Jaime Hawkins tonight, 33 minutes, 8 of 13 from the field, even though they took away that that shot at the buzzer, said it was on his fingertips at the end of the third. 17 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist. And I've mentioned on, on, our, on our Discord off the floor and threw it out on Twitter today, uh, there are people inside the Heat organization who believe that this is the best rookie they've had since Dwayne Wade. And – They've had some rookies since. Um, Tyler Hero made significant contributions in his rookie season. Bam Adebayo was a very functional backup big in his rookie season. Probably should have been playing more, but was playing behind Whiteside. Winslow and Richardson were major contributors in 2015 as first and second round picks. And Mario Chalmers was an 82-game starter. Uh, Kendrick Nunn made it all rookie team. Kendrick Nunn made an all-rookie team, and Josh Richards, and excuse me, uh, uh, 2011, Norris Cole uh, played a role on a championship team as a backup point guard. And I, I've heard this from more than one person and from really high levels of the organization, like how excited they are about Hawkins. Uh, it is not Malik Allen, Fernando Lopez. I can guarantee you that. It's not him who's saying it. If Malik said it, I would respect it. Uh, and again, if, if you're listening on the podcast feed, we have comments coming in tonight. So that's one reason I'm reacting to some of them. Um, it feels like Jaime does a little bit more with different groups every game. And I don't want to take it for granted. Like there's there's a little bit of growth every game with the different lineups that he's playing with and the way that he's finding ways to contribute. I thought what was so impressive about him tonight was he didn't force the action early. He wasn't really getting shots, but he was making plays for others um, and, and drawing defenders to him. I, I can't remember who it was he made the dump down pass to near the basket, but there was a, a finish that he created there. He feel, he just he has such feel for the game. We've discussed this, but it feels like an explosion is coming. I, I, I feel that I felt that way with Dwayne in his rookie season. Like I feel like there's gonna be like a 27 point Hawkes game yeah. soon. I, are you feeling that too? It just feels like it's brewing right now. I could see it happening, especially like in you know, one of these games where let's say Jimmy is out and he just has like a you know the starting spot again increased usage and, I, and we talked about this on playback which you know whoever's in here if you haven't checked that out we're live every game we go live on off days too i think you can watch the game with us hang out with us um it's always a good time playback.tv slash 5rsn or you could download the app no cable subscription needed by the way it's just to make sure people know that 
Um, anyways, Hakez, man, every single time he plays, he stands out. And I say it every time, and it's every time he plays, he stands out even more than the time before, it feels like. And like you said, there's growth. It feels like he's ready for more on his plate, and I feel like they're going to give him that as the season goes on. And really, like, he's ready for it, man. He has upside there um, as a shot creator. And I think they've just – they were starving for a guy of his skill set, just somebody who can get to the rim and who does it with or without the ball. Like, it just makes their offense flow so much easier. Like, even with Jimmy now, like, there was some concerns when he, that first time he started with Jimmy when most of his shots were threes. You haven't really seen much of that ever since that game. Like, he, he takes some open threes here and there. And like Brady mentioned earlier, he takes them without hesitating, which is what you want. You don't want him thinking about it. It's either like, if you're going to take the shot, take it right then and there. And that's why he's made some of these big, timely shots. But in general, he knows how to get to his game and, you know, with and without Jimmy. And I think the without Jimmy is going to be where there's really upside um, because I think he he can be, you know, kind of grow into the role of like running his own lineups when Jimmy is not on the floor and, and running, you know, a little bit more pick and roll here and there. Not that, that that's like his strong suit in general, like, but he is good at it, I think, here and there. And I think there's 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 upside there with him on ball and there hasn't even been like that much on ball stuff for him yet. And he's still so productive and so effective. I think, like I said, they're going to put more on his plate and it's deservedly. So like the guy, you just need him out there that this heat team needs him. And he's just been incredibly good on both ends of the floor, man. Like the way that he makes himself available when he doesn't have the ball, it's just so impressive. The timely cuts cutting into actual space, and not at the same time as somebody else. It's so refreshing, man. And I want to shout out um, Ben Golliver, the the is I'm, I'm, what's the the newspaper? Jesus Christ, I'm blanking out. I think, I think he's isn't he? One of them? No, he's uh, the the Washington Post. Jesus Christ, I blanked out there. Um, he he he's the one that came up with acreage, which I've talked about a lot on this podcast. He came up with that word. And the other one that he came up with that I'm a fan of is touchy-feely, which I don't know if a lot of people are going to like that. Jaime Jaquez is a touchy-feely type of player. He has the touch. He has the feel. He's just a natural hooper. He's a fundamentally sound player. I just love the way he plays, man. And again, like, you know, um, when he's off ball, making himself available, um, uh, sealing off small players, looking for the mismatch. Uh, Like I said, the cutting, it's just... He's constantly in motion. He's screening like for guys at other times. He's incredibly active out there. And I think part of the 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 great stuff going on here with the Heat is they've messed with the lineups. They've messed with the rotation. There's less like negative defenders on at the same time. And there's a lot bigger lineups. And you were talking about that with like, you know, the the the, the less playing time that Kyle and Drew get together, the more of these bigger lineups you're seeing. And there's still good spacing out there. And I just think, all of a sudden, like, they're a really big, imposing team at multiple positions. The defense is coming up. You have them, you know, with a more balanced shot profile, which has been a trend. Like, Hawkins has been a huge part of all of that. All right. Well, we're going to get to another guy who's been a huge part of all of it. But the one thing we will talk about on pods in the coming days is going to be what happens when Caleb returns. So we're going to touch on that more as we go forward, because there are not a lot of guys who are in the rotation tonight who look like they shouldn't be in the rotation. And that's even without Tyler Hero. But now we're going to mention someone who's moved himself into the starting lineup with our play of the night. 
And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night, sponsored by InsuranceByLynette.com and A Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954-581-8800. That's 954-581-8800 or InsuranceByLynette.com. That's InsuranceByLynette.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program. Reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com. We appreciate it because Lynette's in the chat right now. Before we go, I will try to read some comments uh, at the very tail end of this episode. Brady, I don't know if we could pick one play because it was like a sequence of plays. You hit on it uh, on Twitter uh, prior to the half. Haywood Highsmith, to me, was going to be the gamer of the night until Jimmy just kind of took over at the end and closed this thing out. He changed the game. Like, and he's coming off, in my view, what was sort of his worst performance as a starter in the last game, um, just because of the shooting inefficiency, even though he defended well. But you, there was the layup, there was the steal, there was the three, there was all of it. I don't know which one you want to pick, but I this to me, that was his best six-minute stretch I've ever seen him play in a Heat uniform. 100%. It was one of the best defensive stretches that I've seen from a player. I think the one that was probably the the play that stood out most was the one where he gets screened. He recovers. Like, it looks like they, they force a two on one. And usually the player that's going over the screen is not getting back into the play. All of a sudden he's in front of the offensive player. He blocks his shot. Just literally just putting his hands up in the air, which is the craziest thing about him. Like, yes, he's skilled defensively and he's really good, but his wingspan is just incredible to watch. Like in real time, the way he swipes down for steals and blocks, but he gets the block goes the other direction. I think the ball ends up finding Bam and Bam throws a really nice pass to him. Uh, kind of at the, at the bottom box, and he lays it in. But there were a couple of those to your point. He had a steal, and then you mentioned Hawkins' nice little like dump-down pass. He had one where he got the steal, goes in the other direction. Hawkins goes up in the air and bounce passes it to him, and he lays it in as well. But he's just a really fun player to watch defensively. Like There's there's few players that are like legitimately fun to watch defensively. He is one of them. Just the way he chases you around, the way he gets his hands on the ball, uh, just the way he does all of that stuff is just really fun to watch. And the, in Here's the one thing about it is they don't have to put Jimmy or Bam on your best player anymore. Like they could put Bam in a drop and let him play around the rim, which I know we're probably going to get into him in a few. But he was so good around the rim defensively tonight where he does not just have to do the stuff on the perimeter anymore because we I keep saying it. We know he can do that. They can mix it in. They did mix it in. But he's he's a six foot nine guy that is characterized as like maybe if the, there was a hole in his defensive ability, which there's not, it would be like, oh, well, he's not an elite rim protector. Well, yeah, he is. He just doesn't get the blocks, but he alters so many shots around the basket. And the reason you're able to do that is because you have a Haywood Highsmith. You weren't able to do that when you had a Kevin Love before in the starting lineup. Now you can. And obviously, Jimmy Butler's going to take a lot of, you know, top players in the fourth quarters in the in the playoffs. But he also doesn't have to either. He could play his natural defensive role as well, which is off the ball, reading passing lanes, helping over and recovering. Like now, this is the first time where I've said to myself, everybody is in their correct role defensively. Like they have really figured out their roles. And now you saw a game like this where Spoken just funnel through every defensive coverage. Like we saw everything tonight. Uh, and it makes it easy when you have everybody kind of in the right spot. 
Uh, you mentioned Bam. We're not going to focus on him a lot tonight, which is a credit to him because when he has a 21-11-4 game, he doesn't end up being one of our focuses. But I want to give him some credit for this. They kept Mark Williams off the boards after the early stuff. He didn't end up playing a ton of minutes. He did end up with seven rebounds. But he was hurting them early. He's hurt them before, had 16 rebounds in prior game against Miami. I thought Bam had something to do with that, as did, as did Haywood, as did the team defense. In general, but again, Bam, uh, this is what he is now. Uh, he is uh, on on a slow night. He's 21-11-4 and four and still doing all of the defensive things. All right, I want to get to a couple of comments here, and then we'll get to the injury report uh, before we close. From Leo, Jimmy had an easy 30 points game. Yeah, it felt like he was very under control tonight. That's what I liked. He, he, was, he was focused. He was into the game, but he wasn't forcing it. And I think that's a good mix for him at this point of the season. Um, this comes in from Dean, Josh, and Highsmith in the press during that stretch Stretch was great. That's one of the things they've envisioned. They don't even have Caleb yet. Imagine throwing Caleb into the mix with the two of them uh, at times at the, at the top of that press. Arlene, D Duncan Robinson for most improved player. He won't get the credit outside of Miami, but it's an interesting conversation to have. We'll see what happens when Tyler... Uh, comes back and then this one comes in from a couple of people. So, so I'll hit on it. Um, the hero stuff. There is a mention here. What are they now without Tyler? Is it a full four and oh, or was it, it three and oh, it's three and oh, right? It's three and oh. Well, which game did he get hurt? Grizzlies, I, I believe. It was the first game of the trip, right? So it was the first game of the trip. So they played, they played one game without him for most of it. Right, and then three games without him for all of it. Yeah, I'm going to use that phrase again that I always get wrong. Um, correlation is not causation. Is that right, or did I screw it up again? Did I mix? Did I mix that up? Don't ask me. Because I say that all the time. I'm not ready to say they're playing better because Tyler's out of there. I am willing to say that some of the lineups look cleaner with Duncan, and I think that is something that as we go forward, when Tyler comes back. We're going to talk about the staggering again. We're going to go right back to those conversations about how it looks when Duncan's in instead of Tyler and some of those lineups. And again, how you feature Tyler and the other lineups. But again, I'm not going to blame Tyler for losses early when he was literally the only guy trying to score at times. <laughs> and Jimmy, Jimmy had not shown up for the season yet. Um, do you want to get to the injury report here? Cause there was a little bit of an update from it. So Alex roll that and then we'll close. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein. Again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now... The injury report. All right, before we get to that, uh, our guy Kenny from Miami Heat Beat uh, noted that Jaime has played every minute of the fourth quarter for the past four games. Remember when we were saying Josh had done that? Now Jaime's done that. It's more significant when the rookie does that. That tells you what they think of Jaime Hawkins. This is like, we're going to look back at this early stretch of the season, and it's going to be child's play. It is. I, it's, it's exactly how I felt about, and I'm not saying he's going to be Dwayne, but it's how I felt about Dwayne when I was covering his rookie season because I was with them every game that year, and it was like, okay, we saw this from Dwayne. Wow, that's interesting. We saw this from Dwayne. That's interesting. And then by the end of the season, I mean, he was dunking on Jermaine O'Neal in the playoffs, and he was making you know runners in the lane 
to win playoff games. I feel like that's a trajectory that we're seeing right now. I do want to get to the injury report tonight. Again, no hero. We we knew that. But the significant thing was Caleb Martin did more work today. We had, uh, and this comes in from Neil, 6-0 and since Highsmith started. Exactly. Um, Caleb did more work tonight. Uh, Greg was chronicling that. Uh, Greg was in Charlotte for us tonight. Be back with us on the podcast tomorrow. And it appears that there is a ramp up. I said that he would not make the trip unless they thought he was close. They would have left him home to work in Miami. So he gave it a shot early in the season. It didn't work out. Um, I'm expecting to see Caleb by the weekend at the latest. They've, they've got a home game against Brooklyn. Then they've got two in Chicago, a team we talked about on playback tonight. Let's do this, each of us, in 30 seconds here before we close here. Alex, let's start. Um, when Caleb Martin comes back, how do you expect Spo to use him? Well, we talked about this on playback earlier today. And, you know, although I, I think Josh has really picked up his play the last few games, even though he had a, t- you know, a tough shooting night tonight, he had been shooting better before um, the past couple of games. He, the defensive activity has really picked up, and that's something that we wanted to see. Like, he's been good navigating the screens, more active uh, with the deflections. And I thought, you know, he was amazing today. Uh, when they were pressing with him and Highsmith, I thought he was good in the zone and the team in general was good in the zone with some of the bigger lineups that I was referring to before. Um, just in general, the team defense was awesome tonight. Uh, and Josh contributed to that. He's he's fighting for the minutes, but I think that is ultimately where Spo goes as the basis for Caleb's minutes when whenever he's actually back to being himself. I'm sure they'll run him out conservatively to start with whenever he does come back and kind of pick it little by little. But um, I'm assuming that Caleb, I mean, Caleb takes Josh's minutes and then they maybe take a minute or two from other guys here and there for Caleb, like if he just to work himself back. But I don't think they need him to be at the same like minutes per game that he was at in the playoffs or even like last regular season when he was clearly their fourth best player for most of the season on a night to night basis. I don't think they need to rely on him that much. I think we all are kind of there just because, you know, you've got the you know, with the ascension of Jaime Jaquez, with the on and off ball um, rim pressure, which is some of what Caleb provided, and with Highsmith's defense and kind of reliability as a starter, I don't think you need to play Caleb that many minutes. So I think it's it fits pretty nicely, like for for you to bring him back conservatively and work his way up until he's feeling like himself, um, to just kind of start off by by giving him Josh's minutes, and or maybe you even kind of cut it in half for now until Caleb eventually overtakes all of those minutes and, and can go back to playing a similar role to where he was before. Brady, one of the things that we talked about earlier was, well, maybe, you know, the point guard stuff shows that they don't necessarily need to play a point guard a ton of minutes, and they didn't tonight. So it does seem that some of Caleb's minutes could come from the quote-unquote point guard position where you don't necessarily have to squeeze Josh completely. Like, you squeeze Josh a little bit, but maybe Lowry is in the 15 minute range like he was tonight and it's not because of foul trouble and maybe drew smith doesn't get those minutes at all is that possible yeah when tyler returns though i think we have to put that (laughs) asterisk next to it because right now it's that would be rough uh and that's why i think there also needs to be like the two-sided thing because number one if caleb returns when you're saying and obviously tyler's not back they could just play him as the ninth guy essentially because even though they're playing 10 tonight they're really playing eight because like they threw Drew Smith in for three minutes, which, like you noted earlier in the program, did not was not allowed three minutes. 
Uh, but that was just because of foul trouble. And then they're obviously through Thomas Bryan for three minutes, which they're just kind of trying stuff with kind of balancing him and love out a little bit of backup five. So really they're playing eight guys. So you could essentially roll out off your bench, Josh Richardson, Caleb Martin, Jaime Hawkins, and then mix up love and Bryant for the time being. The question becomes when Tyler hero returns, then you're figuring out, are you running a 10 man rotation now with Duncan going back to the bench or are you trying to cut somebody's minutes down? And that's when I think we start to have those conversations, but Caleb Martin is going to play like he's going to play. Like, let's not forget who Caleb Martin is just because they're getting good product from other guys on this team. It will be a slow ramp up. Uh, it is not a situation where I think at times I said to myself, he might occupy similar spots on the floor as, as Jaime Hawkes. I'm kind of leaning away from that now. What, just, just seeing the different ways that Jaime can operate, uh, seeing the ways that it, it's so similar to the way Caleb and Jimmy played together. There was a very good combo. They played really well together of, of, Jimmy in the mid post and Caleb kind of playing that baseline or Caleb just hitting threes and, and spacing the floor. Like they could do that stuff still. So I'm not worried about the Jaime Caleb minutes. Uh, but I do still come back to the point when Tyler does return the eyes. Well, I don't think the eyes are going to be on Kyle Lowry. They still are going to need what, what he provides. It's going to be on Josh Richardson. He's going to have to uh, be a little better offensively. I, I thought the lineups with him, you know, he always finds himself like in lineups that end up performing really well, though. Like, even though his stats are not good, like the lineup that goes on a run always includes Josh Richardson. I thought that lineup today was like a really good lineup with him and Highsmith at the top of the press with Jaime Duncan Bam. Like, that was a really good lineup that got them in a flow. And that's the stuff that can obviously keep his minutes at a decent spot. But that's the guy I'm watching for. Because if he still has these games where at the end of games, he has these turnovers and the shooting is all over the place. And every time he takes more than three dribbles, you're kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Give the ball up and, and kind of get back into the offense. Like, it's going to be a problem because that's not something that I don't think Caleb Martin's going to provide. Here's the trick when it comes to Caleb right now, because I'm reading in the comments, you know, sell high on him right now or sell what? It, you can't sell high on him right now. He, he needs to show, Caleb needs to show he's healthy. So there's really two aims to get Caleb minutes back up one is he can help you we thought he'd be their fourth best player this year and two if you are planning to make a move before the deadline and caleb is the guy involved because you're not planning on re-signing him he needs to show he can still perform at the level that he did last year so they will ramp caleb up but the one thing that's clear is it's not coming at the expense of jaime hawkes jaime hawkes's minutes may go down for a game or two they're not going to stay down. He is going to, when you're playing every minute of the fourth quarter, which is what Tyler was doing some as a rookie, you are part of the plans. All right. We do want to mention something as far as your plans go. Rock Esports Center on Saturday night. We've got a Heat Bulls. Watch them break up the Bulls. You can watch Levine, Caruso, DeRozan, Vucevic, everybody they're going to be trading. Patrick Williams, you can watch him at a watch party with us. And then for 30 bucks, if you want to participate, they've got cash prizes. You can win much more than that. They got a 2K tournament right afterwards. I will be there with Alex this time around. They got food, snacks, drinks, Rocky Sports Center in Palmetto Bay. All right, this was our first live of the year. We will do more on road games. We appreciate you joining us. And thanks again uh, for the comments and everything else. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.